God, I'm going to try to keep it very simple. Pretty much, man, that was like, whoa. <laughs> that testimony was, yeah. Let's just pray. Lord, we ask you that by, by your Holy Spirit, you, as we submit to you, we open our hearts before you, we submit to your truth. Because it is your truth that will set us free. Bless your people, Father. Thank you, Lord. We give you all the glory. Oof, what a powerful song. All right. This is it, Christmas. <laughs> well, we celebrate one of the most or the oldest Christian tradition. The problem with traditions is this. We get caught up in the doing of it. We lose the spirit of it. Yeah. And the problem with just going through the motions, we get caught up in the emotional and the nostalgic part of it. But when it comes to Christian tradition, that's what we get caught up with. And yet, it has to be something that is driven by truth. And unfortunately, our emotionally can go everywhere, but we miss the truth of why we do the things we do. And remember, whatever we do or any action that we take as an expression of the truth, okay, if that action is an expression of the truth, it will consolidate us in, our, in us the essence of that truth that God calls us to be, for us to embody that truth. Why? Because it is the truth that will set us free. Well, I want to talk about this whole thing, why we celebrate Christmas, okay? And uh, the, uh, the whole thing, there's been a lot of discussion about Christmas, even, even within Christian uh, uh, Christian circle, or oh, it's a it's a paganism sometimes, you know, and of course people complain because it become more commercialized and all those things. But this morning I want to talk about the essence of Christmas, what it means to us in our essence, because we've been talking about who we are as God's people, our very essence, what Christmas, you know, what sort of part Christmas plays in in us as God's people. So I'm just going to just give the, 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 the drama around the events of Christmas or the birth of Jesus. The announcement you can read in uh, Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 to 25. At the, uh, the moment of the birth of, of Jesus, the wide spectrum of various parties that are involved at that birth, which is the angelic choir singing in the sky in the heavenlies, all the way to the lowest people of the society, the shepherds, because at that time, in that culture, shepherds are the lowest sort of uh, part of the people of the society. So from the angelic being to the lowest thing, they're all involved to the, to the king of the east. Gentile kings came to worship Jesus and the local kings who was troubled by it. <laughs> Yeah? Isn't that interesting? 
the angels sang praises. Glory to God in the highest on earth. Peace among those whom he is, he, he is pleased. The Maggie came to worship. They came with one purpose, to worship. Now they are the king of the East. The, historically speaking, that could be from Arab or from Babylon from, uh, or, or Persian. And then, uh, so the, uh, they came to worship God, to worship Jesus. Where is he? This is in, in uh, Luke chapter uh, 2, verse 14. Oh, sorry, yeah. And then uh, oh, Matthew chapter 2, sorry. Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star. This is in Matthew chapter 2. When it rose and have come to worship him. They're not Jews. They were apparently also astrologers. It's almost like when God does something, he gets the attention of every aspect of humanity. Astrologers, Gentile kings, and all those people. It's almost like a foretaste of the second coming of Jesus. Every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. <laughs> That's Philippians chapter 2, verse 11. And then they came, of course, they came to this guy, King Herod. At the, that time, he was the king of the Jews. But he was not fully Jew, Jewish. He's not a Jew. He was half Edomite, Edom is like the descendant of Esau, and so and half Israelite. The people didn't like him, but the, the, the Jewish leaders like to play in you know, a political sort of uh, game with him just for their advantage. So King Herod called the, who's called the king of the Jews, and um, the religious leaders was invited by him because these Gentile kings came. Where is this king of the Jews? Because we want to worship him. Herod, being the king of the Jews at the time, felt threatened by it and called the thing. What, what is this? You know, who was supposed to be born in Bethlehem? Bethlehem, they, they saw the, the stars. And so he called the religious leaders, the theologians of the time. And in Matthew chapter 2, verse 4, and assembling all the chief this is him assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people. He inquired of them where Christ was to be born. Verse 5. And they told him, in Bethlehem of Judea. So, for, it, for so it is written by the prophet. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For you shall come, from, from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd people of Israel, quoting from Micah chapter 5, verse 2. And it says that after that, the Maggie, these three guys went immediately to Bethlehem. My big question is, as I read this thing, I thought, as soon as they heard from the scripture, this is Gentiles, not Jews, they went straight to Bethlehem to worship Jesus. And I thought, why not? The guy, the theologians who actually interpreted the scripture 
and the sign, according to the scripture, why didn't they go with him? I thought if anybody should be excited about it, it should be them, right? But they didn't. I don't have an answer for that. The only thing I can say is there's no blindness like religious blindness. <laughs> Sorry to say that, but some people can know their Bible but have no relationship with Jesus. Yeah? But the big question is this. This is the big question I want to throw this morning, which I want to push here. Why we celebrate Christmas? Why is it the biggest celebration? Really, in many nations. So I want to push the significance of the birth of Jesus. When we grasp the core of the underlying truth of the birth of Jesus and the significance of that truth in the essence of what and who we are from that context, we really, I think, we will celebrate Christmas in a different way. So I'm going to focus on this passage from Matthew chapter 1 from the announcement of the angels. So Matthew chapter 1 verse 18, it says like this. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother, Mary, had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with a child from the Holy Spirit. Betrothed is like our engagement, but in the Jewish tradition, it is as legal as married itself. Like, so for you, you don't just break up, you have to divorce the very woman you, you betrothed to. Okay? So, uh, so this is a serious situation. And verse 19, it said, And her husband Joseph, being a just man or being a kind man, being a righteous man, and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. You notice that? But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, because, everybody say because, he will save his people from their sins. In other words, the name has significance, which means Savior. And the name Jesus in Hebrew means Yeshua. And it means God who saves. All right? So, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord has spoken by the prophet. In uh, verse 23, Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. That's quoted, quoting from Isaiah uh, 7 verse 14. And verse 24, when Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel, uh, angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son and called his name Jesus. Okay, this is the point of that passage. I want to focus on this point. 
is virgin birth. All right? It's a very famous, very famous term, virgin birth. Unfortunately, we are so embedded in the, in a way, in many ways, Catholic traditions that it becomes our term. But the, the miracle is not in the birth because the life of Jesus is the same way as everybody else, that from womb to tomb, right? You all know that, right? So the miracle is not in the birth, it's in the conception, like we read before. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit. The birth was just like human birth, coming out of the womb. That's it. But it is the conception. Why is this so important? It is important because <laughs> it, what it means to you and I now, right now, our very essence, this whole conception of the Holy Spirit. Okay, I want to say this. The whole Bible, I'm looking for a big, bigger, uh, the whole of biblical theology. The whole Bible presents to us the reality of the truth or what is known as creation, which is in the book of Genesis. And guess what? The next thing is new creation, which is a New Testament reality to you and I. Okay? And the first creation in the book of Genesis, it is where it is written, Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, where it says, So God created man in his own image, and the image of God, he created him, male and female. He created them. At that moment of creation, God, the Bible says that God breathed the breath of life into man's nostril, and he became a living soul. That's Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. And he named him Adam. So this first man, however, when you read the whole story of Genesis, male and female, they blew it because of the temptation they fell. So God, I believe when the fallen man came, God said, as I, as I meditate on these things, it's as if God said, just because they blew it, that's not the end. I'll fix it. So here comes what we know as the new creation. That was creation. So now comes the new creation where we find in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, where Paul said, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. This same Paul, okay, that wrote that, refers to Jesus as the second Adam. Okay, first creation, Adam created, and Jesus came. He said, Jesus is pretty much the second Adam. I want you to think all these things in the context of Jesus. The second Adam is conceived by the Holy Spirit. 
In Colossians, Paul describes it like this, Colossians chapter 1, verse 15. He, Christ, is the image of the invisible God. Listen to this. The firstborn of all creation. So just as the first Adam was made in the, it's almost like in the first creation, the creation of Adam, the first Adam, was the climax of creation, the time of creation. In Genesis chapter 1 verse 26, Jesus becoming man, God become man, his conception is the starting point of that climax of the new creation. It was as if God is saying this. The first Adam blew it. I'm going to create a new Adam who is not born of the flesh but conceived by the Holy Spirit. It's almost like I, I, I was, I've been reading this book called uh, Divine Conspiracy. <laughs> it's almost like there's a divine conspiracy on God's part. It's like, okay, they don't make it. I'm going to do something completely that no one can actually interrupt in this, not even Satan himself. And in that way, because Jesus being conceived by the Holy Spirit became a human being conceived by the Holy Spirit. You've got to understand that. All right? This is the result for you and I. In John chapter 1, verse 12, he said, to those who believe him, who received him, God gave the right for them to become children of God. This is John chapter 1, verse 12. Now listen to this in verse 13. He describes it. Who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of men, but of God. It's almost like, wow, God brought forth this thing called new creation. And Jesus came, being, became a man totally conceived by the Holy Spirit. And then all of a sudden, this Jesus that is conceived by the Holy Spirit pretty much opened the door for anyone who received him and who believed him, guess what? They are born of the same way Jesus was born. That's why we call it born again, born of the Spirit. For those who received him, who believed in his name, he gave them the right to become children of God who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So he's talking about a different kind of birth. You and I. In other words, we have the same DNA as Jesus. 
And Paul describes it in his own words. In Romans 8 verse 29, he said, For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son Jesus, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. In other words, what he's saying is, you've got to understand the idea of firstborn means secondborn and thirdborn and all that. It's all have the same DNA. So the firstborn of those who, like Jesus, are conceived and born by the Spirit. I think we need to, it's almost like the question whether, you know, oh no, this, now Christmas, what is Christmas? No, 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 no. We celebrate Christmas because it goes deeper than what we see on TV and anything else because it actually sets the agenda for you and I, who we are, our very essence as the believers, as Christians, right now. There are times where I'm going through, I'm going through tough time, I'm going through tough questions I cannot answer. Every time I read the gospel, and I realize, Lord, doesn't matter what I go through, nothing is going to disqualify me. Why? Because I have the DNA of Jesus right in me. Just as Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit, you and I are born of the Spirit. Do you understand that? Do we understand that? How many, listen, I want to say this. Like I said, often we get so emotional thing with the tradition of Christian tradition and all those things. And even sometimes when we talk about the Holy Spirit, we get the emotion of the, oh, the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. But let me say this. The only thing that will nail us in our walk with Jesus is the truth when we understand who we really are according to the truth. Because my emotion will go up and down and up and down and up and down. There's only one thing that will stabilize me and ensure and guarantees my victory. Going through trials and going through whatever rubbish that I'm going through. Why? Because I know just as Jesus was born of the Spirit, the Father has allowed me to be born of the Spirit. How? By just believing and receiving Jesus. And that's powerful. So every time I, I you know, like we're so busy, it's like, God, it's, just, it's amazing. Lord. Can I have the music, please? I'd like us to sing that song. We give you all the glory. It's like, I want to see, man, I hear the testimony. I mean, I was like, I, I, I was like, I, I wanted to jump when, you, when I hear all this testimony. It's not because of the show that you put up. No, it's not because of that. It's because the people hear the truth. They receive Jesus and believe him. Something was birthed in the inside of them. Those sort of things will carry them through whatever and just keep discipling them. I really believe that. Let's, this is my invitation. Let's be people of the truth. Let's just, as we go home, let's bless our family. Tomorrow, Diana, we're going to have <laughs> 16 people in our house. <laughs> 
five kids and their partners and six grandchildren. <laughs> and it's pouring with rain. But you know what? It's worth celebrating. Why? Because what Jesus did 2,000 years ago has allowed me not to be part of that DNA. Your hip, your poor, but you have the DNA, the same DNA as Jesus, born of the Spirit. Oh my goodness. Let's all stand up. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus, for coming, for leaving the presence of God and bring it down to us, to our very being now, Lord Jesus. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Father. Whew. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, as we close this service, right now, Father, I pronounce blessing over your people, Lord Jesus. Yes, Lord, because we have the same DNA as your son, Jesus Christ, that will guarantee us in our walk with you until that day when you come. Lord Jesus, touch every heart here right now. And those who watch uh, from, from home, Lord Jesus, they can't be here because of, of uh, sickness and many, many other reasons, Lord. Whatever it is that they're going through, if it's sickness, Lord, I pronounce healing in the name of Jesus right now with the authority of the name of Jesus. Right now, I pronounce healing over those people who couldn't be here. And many other reasons, whatever it is, Lord Jesus, you are there. We thank you, Lord. We bless you, Father. Bless your people. In Jesus' name. Amen.